Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome to the show, Cody Bugan. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, great to have you here, Cody. Now, you've been in the land development game, something that's near and dear to my heart, something that we're very active in as well. But before we dive into those details, why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Well, that's a long story, so I'll try to keep it short. I'm 43 today, uh, living in Scottsdale prior to moving here in September of last year. I lived up in the Pacific Northwest, you know, Oregon, Washington, Idaho. That's where my business was and, and really born and raised there. But if we were to rewind all the way back, you know, I grew up in a small little town called Damascus. I think they got their first street light when I was halfway through my childhood. I think they still only have one street light. But grew up in a challenging household, uh, not a great father figure. Bless his soul. I love him, care about him. But, you know, I learned more what not to do than what to do. But grew up as an athlete, realized I was an entrepreneur. And, you know, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was back then. But I realized I was an entrepreneur actually when I was about 12 years old, looking back is, I used to buy and sell sports cards and I used to go down to the local flea market every every weekend and buy and sell and trade sports cards. So I, I didn't know that that meant anything other than I just liked sports cards. But today, looking back, I, I see uh, where my, my entrepreneurship started at a very young age. From there in high school, I bought and sold cars and, and I just kind of put lipstick on them, you know, just a quick value add. If we're, if we're going to talk real estate, I'd do that with cars, nothing major, just some basic CapEx and, and then I would sell, sell the cars. And so here, here's where it gets really fun. So I was going to head off to college, go to ASU, which is actually right down the street from where I live now. And, uh, the Lord had a different plan. I got my high school girlfriend pregnant. So instead of going off to college, uh, I went right into the workforce, went into the flooring union. After being there three months, you qualify for health insurance. So I was able to pay for my baby boy that was on the way. Also got married three months out of high school. One thing led to another, I had a lot of success in the flooring industry, went to a private company, very driven, very focused, very motivated. The success I had in my career reflected that. Got into real estate in 2002, just through a few different reasons. But the main reason is most of my clients were home builders, developers. I saw what they were doing. Plus, there's some real estate in the history of my company and in kind of my blood. So got into real estate. Had a ton of success, um, you know, not to talk about money, but, you know, I was worth eight figures in my mid-20s. And, uh, and then lo and behold, by the time I was 29, the market crashed, lost 90% of my net worth. And uh, boy, I, you know, I was a snot-nosed punk kid back then, you know, being that young, making that kind of money, it came quick. I didn't have mentors. I wasn't in courses. I wasn't in books. I wasn't in masterminds. I wasn't listening to things like podcasts. I mean, nothing of the sort. I mean, I thought I was the stuff. So I can tell you that uh, when I lost it, 90% of it, I learned a whole lot more losing it than I did making it. That was definitely a trial that I went through that uh, I chose to come out the other side of that stronger. I think often people, you know, they have a choice. They can come out the other side as a victim. And don't be wrong, there's a lot of victims out there in life. But you know, when, you, when trials, tribulations, challenges, failures come your way, you have a choice. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to reflect and grow? and have an opportunity. It's actually a springboard in my opinion. So I could rattle off numerous other things to me almost going to prison, 
it was nothing what you're thinking. It had to do with money and structuring and a law I didn't even know was illegal, but just lots of different things I've been through that that have sculpted me in who I am today. One of the biggest things that, that I talk a lot about is just because you go and make lots of money and you have a successful business doesn't mean you're successful as an individual. There's many areas of life you gotta be successful. In my eyes, be seen as a successful human. So that's what my legacy's focused on at this point is just through all the different failures I've been through and through my business model that I do and teach, it allows a certain amount of time freedom to where people can truly be successful in all areas of their life and we can get into what it is I do and teach. But lately, I'm definitely more focused on, you know, and it's the reason I started my education company, Vestrite, taking my career and putting it into an educational platform is PIF, which people often think of as um, paid in full in sales. But to me, the way to get paid in full is purpose, impact, fulfillment. And so have a purpose, figure out what your purpose is, what your passion is have a positive impact through that purpose. And through that, you'll find fulfillment. Often people think they're striving for happiness, but in my opinion, everybody's striving for what I call fulfillment. And fulfillment just isn't possible without impact. And that's why Vestrite, that company, I mean, yes, my development company is scaling across the country and I have CEOs and executives and we're doing all these deals and it's it's phenomenal, But and I'm very thankful, but Vestrite is just very close to my heart because to me, it's a huge legacy move for me to, to take all that I've learned the hard way and format it into an ed- educational platform with numerous courses to have the opportunity to really impact my legacy in a big way. I love that. It's a, that's quite a story. So today, you are focused primarily on land development. You know, there's many different forms of land development. I often tell people that there's two ways to make money in land. You start with raw land and you carve it up, or you take already developed land and you put it back together. Those are the two principal methods. Yeah, that's fair enough. One or the other. And of course, we're also extremely active in raw land development. So we're going to have a great conversation around that. What What's your focus? Uh, you talked about value add being a big part of your DNA right from an early age. Uh, how does that play into land? Yeah, that's a great question. And I we just recently decided that the best way to describe what we do is value add. And we had to come up with something because so in 02, when we started our development business, to be very clear, everything we do is off market. It has been ever since 02. On market, I mean, we might do an on market deal once in a blue moon, but for the most part, on market deals, they're either hair on issues, they're overpriced, or I've already looked at them. So everything's off market. And then we go and we do the entitlement, the approval process, governmental approvals, preliminary plat, whatever you want to call it, to get the project approved. We would do the CDs, we would develop it, we would build the houses, and then we'd sell. Okay, that's what we used to do. Then we quit building the houses about seven years ago. And then as of the last couple of years, we haven't even been developing our projects. We've just been exiting at preliminary plat to the large nationals, publicly traded companies. And just there's such a demand right now in that space what we're able to exit for at entitlements or at a, I should say, preliminary plat is it just doesn't make any sense for us to take on the development risk. So here's why I came up with value add. A few people have called us wholesalers and it's partly our fault because my marketing team, when I first started Vestrite, my marketing team was referring to what we do as wholesaling. And it's the furthest from the truth. What we do is value add. What we do is we take a piece of raw land off market that has development potential 
and we get it through the political approval process and we get it stamped as an approved project or subdivision. And here, and I gotta say this, if you're gonna pay for a diamond, make sure it's a diamond. So if you're gonna go and pay development values for land, you better make sure those approvals are in place until you close. I, that, is a, that is a very golden rule of mine because at the end of the day, just because it's zoned, utilities are there, access is there, it doesn't mean you have you can just go and develop it. Like there's a process and there's lots of curveballs that can be thrown your way. And and so most real estate agents are bless their souls, but they're uneducated in this space. And so if someone gets a hold of an agent, all of a sudden they think this deal is gonna close like a home transaction. And and our whole thing is, hey, you want me to close it in 30, 60 days? I'll do it, but I'm paying as is value for it. Whatever it is right now is what I'm paying for it and I'm gonna put it into my land bank division, okay? Which is a totally different division than my entitlement division. But if you want eight to 10X payday, then you've gotta give me the terms of not having to close until it's an approved subdivision. And so here's why it's value add instead of wholesaling. If house wholesalers or any most wholesalers, they've gotta go find desperate motivated sellers and try to buy below market value and then quickly flip the deal to a cash buyer and make 10, 20, 30 grand a deal or whatever it is they make, right? What we do is we go and pay market value, our average deal to get it through approvals, we spend a half a million on it. Now those are bigger deals, you can do them for less than that, but so we go put that half a million in it and we get this approved subdivision. So now we've taken something that's just a piece of raw land and we've turned it into an approved subdivision and then we exit. Because remember, you're not, if you're gonna pay development values to that seller, you're not gonna close until approval. So then what you do is a double closing or simultaneous closing with your buyer and your buyer's money pays your seller and you make your scrape out of the middle. And that's what our, we teach our students is that, that simplistic model. We don't get into you know, how development works and how vertical works because there's plenty of information out there and education out there on construction. And quite frankly, I don't have any magic sauce to bring to that element of the industry. It's, it's more of a technical side where what we teach is more the creative side because the approval process, you've got to be creative, resourceful, think outside the box. It's why these big publics, they don't thrive in that area because you got to think outside the box. And then quite frankly, they love cutting that six, 12 months off their time frame. So it's definitely a value add model and, and it's something that's been very fun to go and teach that, you know, people otherwise would have no opportunity to get into the space because what you and I do, most people see as untouchable, right? The barrier of entry is just too high. And, there, and you're right, there is a ton of capital and risk needed in our industry, but where the major capital starts and where the major risk starts is when you, is when you break ground, right? Is when you close on that, ground, that land and you break ground, that's where all of a sudden now you have, now your capital goes up by eight to 10 X and then you got three X that of debt. Now you have market exposure. And so this simplistic model that we're teaching is just, it's, man, it's just been a real blessing. It's been an interesting journey for us as well in this particular space, because some projects we take right through to vertical construction and then other times, like you and I spoke about before the interview, we will often be approached by a national home builder who basically just wants to buy the project in its entirety, take it off our hands, and will exit, like you, at preliminary plat approval. For those who are not initiated in the world of land development, preliminary plat simply means agreement in principle. Doesn't mean you can put a shovel in the ground. From there, you've got to take it through, produce all the construction drawings for the roads, the utilities, sidewalks, everything. And then when that's approved, you have your building permit for the subdivision. 
then you can put a shovel in the ground. And that's where the big money spend starts at that point. But up until that point, having approval in principle is often enough to lower the risk barrier for a major home builder. Yeah, that's exactly right. So our main two things we're teaching, right, is one, how to do off-market prospecting, raw land that has development potential. And then two, preliminary plat is a form of a land use approval, right? So in like multifamily or storage, instead of them calling it preliminary plat, they might call it design review approval, right? There's there's different types of land use approvals, but here's the beauty. 90% of the process is the same, no matter what the asset class is. Because I mainly do single family residential, right? We do plats. And so I was able to go over and start doing multifamily deals. I actually found them easier because there, there's less utilities. There's, le- there's no public right of ways. There's no. And then on top of that, I mean, yes, you have to go and provide some exterior elevations. You got to provide some, you know, some, some architectural exterior elevations of the building. But as far as the process and the detail and the utilities and the infrastructure, it's 10 times simpler in multifamily. So we were able to take what we knew in single family and going and doing a multifamily deal. I, I, don't, I don't mean to under understate um, the process, but we felt like it was a walk in the park. So, so what's nice is you can, you can take this knowledge and you can kind of bounce from asset class to asset class. What's nice about the multifamily, as you said, is all the roads are private roads on the property. You don't have public right-of-ways. So there's a lot less regulation. You've got to meet your parking ratio and keep within the setbacks and the building envelope that's required by yep. the zoning. But that's about it. And yep. that makes it a whole lot simpler. And, and of course, the line parcels are smaller. You know, you can do a multifamily project in 8, 10, 12 acres. Yep. 10 to 12 acres for a residential subdivision is too small. It's a tiny subdivision. Yep. That's right. That's exactly right. I love it. Well, Cody, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? What you and I are talking about right here, it really, it's a kind of a blue ocean. Very few guys know or understand what we're talking about here. And so Vest, I mean, I just, I, I would push people to go over to Vestrite and just, we have tons of free content, just get educated. And so the best place to go, in my opinion, is it, we have numerous. I have numerous places I can send you, but we have a free. It's basically an ebook, is what it is. You'll probably learn more in that free ebook than you've ever learned in this space before. So go to Vestrite, which is V E S T R I G H T Vestrite dot com slash land one o one vestrite.com slash land 101. And I can't guarantee it, but more than likely you'll learn more just in that, that little playbook we put together than you have ever in our space for, for the majority of people. I love it. Well, Cody, I really appreciate the perspective and for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Cody at vestrite.com. That's V-E-S-T-R-I-G-H-T.com and check out his playbook at vestrite.com slash land 101. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk again tomorrow. 